African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. This is a very significant historical election. This crisis is still damaging, especially Finnish and European economies very hardly, and that's an important reason to get more and more co- cooperation. And uh, what we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of uh, Tiwonge and uh, Stephen, and also we see Malawi violating its international commitments. Well, the position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting for marine species in particular. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Good morning, good morning and welcome to another interactive installment of the African Dialogue. You tuned into Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa and the voice of the African Renaissance. I'm your host, Zikon Amiso, and we're currently on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. Today on the show, we'll be discussing the resurgence of hostilities that's in the Eastern DRC. But before we get into that, let's get an update from the news desk with Anne Musa. In the headlines, Mali's presidential election set to go ahead on Sunday despite logistical and technical glitches. Tanzania's president calls for the beefing up of protection for peacekeepers in Sudan's Darfur region and UNICEF releases a report that gives the most complete picture of female genital mutilation ever published. Good morning. Election officials in Mali say the country's presidential election is set to go ahead on Sunday despite logistical and technical glitches. This includes a voters' roll which is missing the names of tens of thousands of registered voters. Sunday's election is the first to be held since last year's coup and the international community has pressured Mali to hold the ballot, hoping to return the nation to constitutional rule. The problems with the electoral list as well as security and logistical challenges in the north of the country risks, risks robbing the future president of the very legitimacy the election is seeking to restore. Tanzania's president has called for the beefing up of the protection capacity of peacekeepers in the UNAU force in Sudan's Darfur region after seven peacekeepers were killed there. Chikayakikwete paid homage to the Tanzanian soldiers killed by unidentified gunmen earlier this month in the troubled western Sudanese region. The attack, in which a further 17 peacekeepers were wounded, brings to around 50 the total number of UNAMID troops killed since the forces' deployment in 2008. Rebels have been fighting the government of Sudan for a decade in Darfur, but UNAMID says clashes between rival tribal and ethnic groups have been responsible for most of the worsening unrest there this year. Chairperson of 
African Diplomacy at the University of Johannesburg, Chris Lansberg, says the reason President Jacob Zuma's international relations advisor, Lindwe Zulu, has been making media statements on Zimbabwe is because it's been quiet on the issue. At the weekend, the South African presidency denied suggestions that it had bowed to pressure from President Robert Mugabe by silencing the top envoy on Zimbabwe. It said only Zuma had the mandate to speak about Zimbabwe on behalf of SADC regarding facilitation issues. Zulu has spoken to the media about the challenges Zimbabwe is facing ahead of the July 31st election. Mugabe has made disparaging comments about Zulu, even labelling her a street woman. Landsberg explains. An official, an advisor at that, who's able to play the role that former President Thabo Mbeki has done. And I think Robert Mugabe has a point. This is supposed to be a president-to-president matter which begs the question, why has our own president been so quiet and so silent on this issue all along, allowing an advisor to play such a prominent role? Recapping the top stories, Mali's Presidential election set to go ahead on Sunday despite logistical and technical glitches. Tanzanian president calls for the beefing up of protection for peacekeepers in Sudan's Darfur region. And UNICEF releases a report that gives the most complete picture of female genital mutilation ever published. That's the news for this hour. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. A big thank you to Anne Musa there for that news update just before we took that short break. You're still tuned in to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikona Miso. The South African, uh, Southern African rather, development community has called on warring parties in the Tarbilt Democratic Republic of Congo to return to negotiations. This is fresh fighting this week deep in the human territory the humanitarian crisis in the volatile east of the country. The M23 rebels clashed with the Congolese army around North Kibu capital, Goma. The United Nations says while the latest round of hostilities has stopped, the stabilization mission MONUSCO remains on high alert. Now that's what we'll be discussing here on African Dialogue today. Basically the resurgence of hostilities in the Eastern DRC. Now remember that African Dialogue comes to you every Monday. That is every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time. And you're more than welcome to interact with us via Facebook and Twitter. Or you can simply SMS your views to plus 27823325905. That's plus 27823325905. And of course, we are discussing issues around the DRC today. But without delving too much into those details... <coughs> 
I think it's time for us now to welcome our guests who will be unpacking the issue for us today. On the line, we've got Mr. Rennie Bandi, who is a leader from the M23 Delegation Talks to Uganda. Good day, Mr. Bandi, and welcome to African Dialogue. Uh, we don't seem to have Mr. Bundy on the line. We've also got Dr. David Zunmanu, who's a prominent political commentator and senior researcher in the African Security Analysis Program that's at the Institute for Security Studies. Dr. Zunmanu, are you there? Okay, we don't have Dr. Zimini on the line either, but what we do, but who we do have on the line though, I believe, is our correspondent in the DRC, that's Jean Noel Bamweze. Jean, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, uh, Jean-Noël of course, is our correspondent in the DRC. Now, we are, of course, um, discussing here on African Dialogue issues around what's happening there in uh, the troubled Democratic Republic of Congo, particularly the eastern region. Now, Jean, can you tell us exactly what the latest is with regards to this volatile situation there? Yeah, uh, the situation is very, very bad in the North Kivu province with uh, fighting going on between the March 23rd rebel movement and the armed forces of the Democratic Republic of Congo, the FIRDC. Uh, classes took the whole of yesterday and this morning they continue again in the Kibumba territory at about five kilometers only from the town of Goma, uh, that's the capital city of the North Kivu province. And indeed in Goma, three bombs landed in an area called Majengo. Fortunately, they didn't explode, but really the situation is too bad. And as I'm uh, talking to you now, there are soldiers from the National Army who have been admitted at the Goma Military Hospital and others went to the Jokes Clinic for treatment. And since uh, some soldiers from the National Army uh, are injured, you, you have really to know that, uh, uh, they, uh, uh, I mean, there must be uh, many from the March 23rd rebel movement who might have been uh, uh, killed or, uh, or injured. Back to you. That is Jean-Noël Bamweze. He's our correspondent there in the DRC. Now, Jean-Noël, we do understand that there will be some talks um, that are going to be going on around this particular issue. Any um, in, uh, sentiments on that regard? What's happening there? Uh, yes, this, uh, this, the talks are, are, are in, uh, in preparation, uh, but really uh, the, uh, the parties are not yet uh, uh, very well fixed. Because, uh, I mean, they, you know, there is um, uh, always division here who's going to be part of these talks and who, uh, who, uh, I mean, who want to be uh, part of these talks. So uh, this, uh, I mean, issues like that haven't yet uh, well fixed. That is Jean-Noël Bamweze, a correspondent here on Channel Africa from the DRC. And of course, on African Dialogue today, we are discussing the resurgence of hostilities in the Eastern DRC. Jean-Noël just giving us um, an update of what is taking place in the country as we speak, saying that the situation is really quite a crisis and quite volatile in nature. We're going to move just to a short break now and when we come back we will be speaking to Mr. Bundy who's a leader from the M23 delegation talks to Uganda as well as Dr. David Zumanu who's a prominent political commentator and senior researcher at the Institute for Security Studies. Don't go away.
And welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa. My name is Zikon Amiso, and I urge you to please interact with us. That's via Facebook and Twitter, or you can simply SMS your views to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. Now, if you're more inclined to your social networks, on Twitter, our handle is at Channel Africa One, and you may hashtag African Dialogue so we can be able to access your thoughts and exactly what it is that you're thinking around this particular issue which i know that a lot of people it's got a lot of tongues wagging not just in the continent but globally as well at this point now i'd just like to welcome our guests who are on the line we've got mr renee bundy who's a leader from the m23 delegation to talks in uganda mr bundy welcome to african dialogue thank you thank you we also have Dr. David Zumanu, who's a prominent political commentator, as well as senior researcher. This is in the African Security Analysis Program at the Institute for Security Studies. Good day, Dr. Zumanu. How are you today? I'm good. Good morning to you and good morning to the listeners. It's good to have you in studio today uh, where we are going to be discussing, well, not in studio, but on the line, but it's good enough uh, for us as long as we can all uh, have a chat around this particular issue. Now, I'm going to start with you, uh, Mr. Bundy. We understand that the M23 has started with an offensive against the government troops there in the DRC. Now, what has motivated that action and where are we as we stand at this moment? First of all, Madam, I thank you for this opportunity, but uh, uh, M23 didn't uh, launch an offensive. M23 reacted to an offensive launched by the government of Kinshasa, which has been refusing to sign a bilateral ceasefire that was proposed by the M23 organization in via uh, uh, Kampala in Pistox. Uh, so, uh, I would like to clarify that. And uh, yesterday, uh, those the alarm, those uh, Rwandese fighters who uh, left the country after uh, making the genocide, they uh, they lost an attack, four battalions of uh, uh, them, uh, uh, which is being held by the artillery of the government. And uh, uh, the whole day we've been fighting, but uh, uh, at, uh, uh, around the evening they left and uh, we, we managed to pass them. They went back. And uh, it is no fight. Now, Mr. Banda, as it stands, um, as M23, would you say that um, you gave peace a chance before uh, resuming the fighting that is, of course, plaguing the eastern part of the DRC? No, can you come again, please? Uh, My question, uh, Mr. Banda, is would you say that as the M23, that you gave peace a chance before resuming uh, with the fighting or the conflict that is currently plaguing uh, the eastern part of the country? Uh, 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 The eastern part, you mean the eastern part of the country we are uh, uh, doing what? Um, we're talking about the the Eastern DRC, Mr. Bundy. Yes. Yes, we're asking whether, um, as the M23, were there efforts uh, to give peace a chance before um, taking on action? For sure. We, as M23, we want to give the peace a chance because we continue to think there is no military 
solution which will come out and end the conflict. The conflict has been there for more than uh, 10 years now, and uh, only a political issue uh, is uh, uh, very uh, sustainable and uh, it can uh, uh, bring a durable peace. So for us, we don't want to... We, 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 offer, we offered our, our will, our political will, to seize fire, but to do it uh, together with the government so that uh, the, the dialogue may continue and uh, end the conflict. That is the stand of M23, and we made it public through communique, and uh, we said it to the mediator who is uh, the president of Uganda. Now, before I move to uh, Dr. Zimini, I'd just like to say, um, Mr. Bundy, there have been recent reports now that local residents and rebel deserters reported recent forced recruitment of men and boys by the M23 in both Rwanda and the Congo. Your take on these um, allegations? They are not true. It's a, 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 those are uh, politically oriented information which uh, are just uh, uh, which must bring to some decision. You know, in a fight, in a, in a war, uh, 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 enemies use uh, uh, all means, especially propaganda. Those informations are not real at all, and uh, we have been uh, making some uh, some. Um, some communicate to show some uh, uh, to show how wrong those informations are. First of all, for example, now they are saying that they've been saying that Uganda was helping us. Later, they say they were themselves uh, wrong. They they recognize some experts from UN later recognize. Uh, we know uh, without any doubt that. Uh, even today, what they are saying, tomorrow, uh, themselves, they will be there to say it was not true. That's Mr. Rini Bundy. He's a leader from the M23 delegation um, to talks in Uganda. And we also have Dr. David Zimini on the line. Dr. Zimini, I'd like to move over to you now. Now, the Congolese government as well as the UN have accused both Rwanda and Uganda, just as Mr. Bundy has cited, of backing the rebel group. Now, is there any uh, truth in this, your take on these uh, particular allegations? Look, I think it's still very much uh, difficult to really um, uh, pinpoint any concrete evidence of, uh, of uh, the, the support, apart from what the UN panel of experts has uh, put in, uh, in their report, which says as a uh, reference to what we are, uh, we, are, we are saying. But we know the conflict is taking place in the regional, uh, uh, regional context where some regional actors have their interests at stake, basically. I think Rwanda has always argued about two things, to be present or to watch closely whatever is happening in the Eastern DRC. The first one is the threat that the FDLR, former genocide, uh, continue, allegedly continue to pose to Rwanda national security. And for that, Rwanda would really like to be present, to be following what's happening at a certain time with a collaboration of the DRC government to send the troops in, uh, in, into the region. 
The second element is really linked to the, what I will call the war economy. In fact, how to take advantage of the much natural resources that are available in the in the eastern uh, eastern DRC. And I think is everyone, maybe anyone, guess, and that Rwanda has a very very clear intention to to, to benefit from uh, from those resources. And because of those two factors, we have a number of elements that we can put together. The formation of the rise of the former CNDP, a Congress National for the Defense du Peuple, led by uh, uh, Laurent Kunda, who is now under house arrest, actually in Rwanda, really, uh, for me, was a direct link of uh, Rwanda intention to continue pulling the courts from wherever they can uh, uh, to, to really defend their, their, their interests in, uh, in, in that region. So I think uh, globally we need to put it in a regional context where regional actors have interests, and that element has been taken into consideration during the negotiation of a regional uh, agreement framework that was signed in uh, 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 early this, uh, this year, which recognizes the responsibility both at, in Kinshasa and also at the regional level. Kinshasa was asked to really engage or undertake serious and meaningful political reform or political uh, governance reform and that will really respond also to, to, to part of a demand that the M23 is putting on the table. And the regional actors were asked to refrain from providing whatever support or to go from getting involved and meddling into the domestic affairs of, of the DRC. And the UN has even gone further to threaten with a sanction should anyone is seen or is perceived uh, to, be to be providing support for, 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 for any rebel groups in, uh, in, in, in that region. So I think that is very important to understand exactly the dynamics that are now taking place within that, that uh, contest. That's Dr. David Zimanu there citing that the UN has even threatened sanctions for anybody who is backing the rebel groups. Now, that's amidst, amidst, of course, allegations that Rwanda as well as Uganda are backing rebel groups there in what's happening in the eastern DRC. Now, gentlemen, please do stay on the line. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to have um, a short clip which is related to, of course, what we are discussing today, which is the resurgence of hostilities. This is in the Eastern DRC. But before that, I'd just like to mention that efforts to get DRC Ambassador Benjamin Mkopo on today's panel were unsuccessful. This as he refused to engage with the M23, saying the rebels have maimed and killed his countrymen. So those efforts were unsuccessful to get him in studio with us today. You're still tuned into African Dialogue on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. United Nations Secretary-General Ban Ki-moon has expressed deep concern over reports of alleged mistreatment of M23 detainees and the desecration of corpses of M23 combatants by the Congolese Armed Forces. Now, the UN says it's reviewing its support for the DRC Army units who are accused of these atrocities. A statement from Ban Ki-moon's office has urged all involved to exercise restraint. And now for more, here's UN spokesperson uh, this is a, a real change, actually, in a peacekeeping, because for the first time, the Security Council has decided to add a peace enforcement uh, to that mandate. So uh, BONUSCO in, uh, in the DRC will have uh, an intervention brigade 
for about uh, 3,000 uh, troops with the mandate to uh, neutralize all those armed groups roaming around in uh, eastern DRC and uh, creating havoc for the civilian population. No. That's the United Nations spokesperson Madonjimo Nabai speaking to Tebiso Maguitla of the SABC. Now, we are discussing the resurgence of hostilities in the Eastern DRC here on African Dialogue. You, our loyal listener, are more than welcome to interact with us via Facebook and Twitter, or you can simply SMS your views to plus two seven eight two three. Three two five nine zero five. That's plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five. On Twitter, our handle is at Channel Africa One. Hashtag African Dialogue. Gentlemen, do not go away. We're just going to go into a short break, and when we come back, we'll carry on with our discussion. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. And welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa. Today we're discussing the resurgence of hostilities in the Eastern DRC and we are joined on the line by Mr. Rene Bundy, who's a leader from the M23 delegation to talks in Uganda, as well as Dr. David Zumanu, a prominent political commentator and senior researcher. This is in the African Security Analysis Programme at the Institute for Security Studies. Now, I must mention before we carry on with our discussion that efforts to get DRC Ambassador Benjamin Mkopo on today's panel were unsuccessful. This says he refused to engage with the M23, saying the rebels have maimed and killed his countrymen. Now, Mr. Bandy, let me go get back uh, to you. Now, obviously, there's a lot of allegations that have been thrown and you have been denying a lot of these um, reports that have been flying around about... uh, Um, uh, the M23 and the actions which they are allegedly undertaking in the Eastern DRC. Now, who should be held, in your view, who should be held responsible for the killing, the maiming and the raping of all other human rights atrocities that we have witnessed in the country? Uh, First of all, I'd like to correct some uh, things which uh, is uh, now being common in 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 the jargon. Saying game 23 is a pretty movement. That is not true. You see, what I feel is like uh, what a, a, a cadre of ANC could feel if they say it is a Zulu movement or it used to be a Xhosa movement during Mandela's time, now the Zulu movement. So I think it's not, a, 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 that is not, it is, poli- it is becoming put politically correct to see twice. In the in African uh, conflict and uh, to oversee it wherever. So I think it's important to see a movement as an organization, not uh, uh, in a twice world. So that was the first. The second, atrocities uh, which are being made in the East, we have to know who is doing what because there is a lot of uh, uh, propaganda and lies in the report. We think it became a very good weapon to people, and we know there is also a huge amount. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's like a mafia. People are using uh, 
uh, an important and a respectable flag to, to tarnish images and to fight. Uh, where we are, I want to ensure people who are hearing us that there is no human uh, abuses. Uh, treatment uh, uh, and uh, the problem is you are facing an organi- uh, organi- people who are working for some uh, increase and uh, who are being financed and even witness interviews with people who are being paid. You, there is a, a very great uh, uh, newspaper in France, in Paris called Liberation, which wrote about the people who are being paid just to, 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 to be wrong witness. Mr. So Bundy? And the wrong interviews. A punishing image of empathy as a reform. So I want to ensure people that we are not at all, uh, uh, we respect human rights in our area. There is nothing as what they are going and trying to, 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 to explain to the public opinion. Mr. Bundy, just on that note, um, you just said earlier that there have been no human atrocities at all. But in reports that we've received today, um, it says that there have been at least 44 people um, executed and 61 women and girls have been raped in the eastern part of the country. Now, I think what we were trying to get a sense of, you've mentioned uh, propaganda, uh, words like mafia, as well as tarnishing of images. Who do you think is responsible for this? And then these reports that we are getting on a daily basis. Um, now, where do they where do they stem from, in your view? What I'm trying to explain is not the whole Eastern Congo. It's just where your empathy three is. Uh, I'm trying to explain that those lives coming for special human rights work, an ONG, which is even pretending that we have some soldiers who were in Rwanda and who came from Somalia because they were operating there in a mission. As I know, uh, never, uh, Rwanda has never been in Somalia for operation. So you see, they can mix things. It might be labor and other things you can't imagine. So they are things they are writing, which are totally wrong. And they, I'm not speaking about the whole Eastern Congo. It's especially about the area under control of M23. They are lying. There is nothing as such. Well, we'll get back to some of those allegations because there's quite a few, Mr. Bundy, against um, the M20, M23 uh, group there. But I'm just going to move um, to Dr. Zimanu, uh once again. Now, uh, Dr. Zimanu, uh, in terms of uh, focus and debate and conversation around what's actually uh, taking place there, has there be, been any meaningful debate focusing on building on several funds to establish maybe lasting peace and other um, and, and things to tackle the underlying causes of the conflict. Now, this apart, of course, from the initiative by Rwanda and Uganda in this regard. No, I think uh, that's the reason why the Kampala process is, uh, is instrumental. It's very important because it uh, forms part of uh, at least uh, three processes, and the three processes <clears throat> should really uh, work to, together to provide for the the, uh, uh, the 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 conditions that uh, that are needed for for peace to to prevail. If you remember, I was referring earlier to the regional uh, uh, framework agreement, which in the longer term is called uh, um, Peace, Security, and Cooperation Framework Agreement, and that was uh, signed in in February this year. As I referred to it uh, earlier. That framework really defined uh, for me, provides some guidelines into what really needed to be done by uh, each party to to make sure that uh, peace prevail. 
Kinshasa was to have meaningful discussion with uh, with the M23. But as we stand, I think the conversation between the two parties has stalled uh, because of a number of, uh, of disagreements or disagreements on a number of, uh, of, of issues. I think from the Kinshasa side, they, uh, they are dragging their, their feet simply because they know that the M23 might be facing some kind of internal uh, problem that could uh, probably uh, wake them and uh, feed into the argument that they don't have a credible interlocutor in, uh, in front of them to, to discuss that one. There are other issues related to, related to how do you proceed with regard to the mobilization process, with regard to the leadership of the M23? Do you reintegrate them with a full chain of command right there in their areas uh, in, 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 in the eastern DRC, or do you move them from that area into uh, any other place on, 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 in, in, in the country? Uh, that issue is still very much remaining uh, very uh, uh, sensitive, very, very difficult. But if you look at but uh, the overall experience of, of DRC, the reintegration process that does not break the chain of command and really redistribute the former combatant across the country provide opportunity of reunion and reorganization. And we witnessed that with, for example, Skon Tanganda, who is now sitting at the ICC uh, to face uh, charges on, uh, of, of war crimes, the crimes against, uh, against humanity. So it, it remains very, very problematic how successful the discussion in Kampala will be. Yet it is, for me, the process that holds the key for, 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 for peace. If a both party can try and iron their, their, their there are differences. It needs political will. It needs honesty, and honesty needs to come from both sides. Clear thinking and clear visions are needed from 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 both sides. But more so, I think Kinshasa has to take to take the discussion very seriously and to commit at least to show some some goodwill in terms of having a discussion with the M23 and see what they can agree upon and really project the interests the the interests of of the country above any other other interest. And also linked to that, uh, the, the third process that I'm talking about is uh, what now Kinshasa has started as a national dialogue that will uh, take place to last uh, 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 10, 10 or 10 days or 20 days to maybe reach a new political consensus because I think the whole problem that we are facing in the DRC has to do with for the absence of uh, really democratic governance of the country and the capacity of the state to really project authority beyond, uh, beyond Kinshasa. For that to happen, I think you need credible political leadership, and many people are calling for political reforms in, in Kinshasa. Though this is accepted uh, uh, superficially, I think deep down the political game in Kinshasa does not really uh, provide enough guarantee that anyone is committed to perform governance or reform in, in, in that country. And the hope that this national dialogue in Kinshasa is raising my simply further way because uh, Congo has experience of national dialogue, national consultation, conference, national conference, without really seeing any uh, mechanism for successes or successful implementation. I, 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 nobody knows if this uh, dialogue or national dialogue will uh, will meet with uh, will be met with the same faith, will be dealt with the same way previous uh, previous engagements, previous initiatives have been dealt with. But the three initiatives 
initiative needs to be coordinated, the discussion Kampala, the implementation of uh, the, 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 the framework um, agreement, and the national dialogue needed to work in a synergy to be able to respond to the security and political challenges that the DRC is facing currently. Now, Mr. Bandi, in keeping with the talks that are um, uh, uh, scheduled for Kampala, now you, of course, will be the leader of the M23 delegation, which will be in those talks there in Uganda. Now, can you just uh, maybe give us some insight as to what your what you your outlook for those talks will be and what you're expecting out of those uh, particular talks and maybe some of the things that you are, you are uh, wishing to communicate through the deliberations there? Thank you very much. I think here in Kampala, first of all, as I said, uh, 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 the president uh, uh, who had the floor, uh, first of all, there is no enough political will on the side of the Kinshasa government because uh, the top leaders of the delegation are not here, the, the head and the deputy, and according to our rule of procedures, we can't uh, decide anything without uh, uh, those two persons to be here. So that means we are here for like months, coming to two months, without really meeting face to face, and they are pretending they will be sending in the future, in the near future, someone to replace the former deputy who was uh, nom- nominated uh, as uh, the head of uh, electoral commission, Father uh, Malumalu. Now. Uh, even the head, uh, with the Minister of Foreign Affairs, is always in meetings and traveling. So now there is a, it is like a Kampala process is not taken seriously by Kinshasa side. So that is the first problem. But the second, what we need really to come up with here in Kampala is to solve the root causes of the conflict, which are uh, already. We as M33, we've, we've done a, a, a proposal of agreement which deals with the root causes of the conflict and which gives the proposals of a solution to those problems. And, uh, and uh, we, we, we recognize, even in our proposal, uh, the government of Kinshasa as a partner for peace and uh, as a government. So we did really our best. But the problem is the other side is not really coming so that we can handle this problem and tackle the root causes of the conflict and go back home. Now, earlier, um, Dr. Zumanu, uh, Mr. Bandi, was citing issues around there not being real outcomes. I mean, about talks having been held uh, before of this nature around um, uh, around such similar issues and there being no real outcomes. Now, apart from some of the things that you've cited, I mean, um, alleging that uh, from the Kinshasa side there's no real um, uh, participation that's coming through. Why do you think the these? Why do you think it is that there have been no real outcomes, as Dr. Zumanu? has cited the problem is uh, what I think fights will solve nothing for sure they will not win the war that is a, a fact and uh, and, uh, and definitely after uh, after losing uh, peoples and the wealth and the time probably they will come again to the table and we shall solve it uh, through the table because what they are trying to do uh, 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 Giving more uh, chance to war than to peace. I think it will be just, we are going to make the experience until 
we found that is impossible to go on, to still go on on that field. So uh, what we enter to see will do, enter to see will never uh, 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 attack the past, it will never break the, the law of the past, enter to see will continue to offer uh, uh, the possibilities for dialogue, chance for dialogue, and uh, we, because we still think it's the only way we can solve our problem. Now, Dr. Zumanu, there have been some uh, or some predictions or, or rather um, some sentiments around the real um, heart-to-heart issues around what's happening there in the DRC. Some people saying um, the conflict um, is, is the nature of it is because of the land ownership wrangles of communities in the DRC or more so in Goma that is responsible for what's taking place. What's your view on these uh, thoughts? Look, uh, I think the the causes of the conflict are, are quite uh, dynamic and uh, and, and uh, well known to, to 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 all the actors in uh, involved. You mentioned the land issue. There is an issue of citizenship. Uh, the, uh, there is an issue of uh, access to, to to power and participation. The issue also former combatants, the mobilization, the reintegration in uh, in the society, and all of those. But uh, you see, if you have an effective uh, decentralization process, uh, uh, full supported by a strong democracy, democratization, and recognition of uh, the uh, uh, the local capacities to take responsibility for their own development, you will certainly take a giant step toward consolidating the state and the control of the state in uh, in process. But uh, here I will say again, uh, uh, the land issue can be resolved through an effective administrative uh, 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 system uh, put in place by by the, by by the government. The second element has always been the question of our uh, citizenship, and I think that the reason why Kinshasa is not really considering <coughs> seriously the discussion in Kampala because they do not want to give legitimacy to the M23. They actually are hoping that uh, the, the movement uh, gets uh, weakened and uh, perhaps uh, disappear because of internal faction that they are, they are facing. They don't want to recognize, to face the legitimacy of, uh, of that institution because they believe they are uh, a tool in the hand of, of Rwanda or external partners to destabilize Lies with DRC, and because of that element, really, I think you can read the attitude of 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 of, 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 of the, the government in uh, in Kinshasa. But here again, for me, the question of of our citizenship remains very essential. But is it uh, 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 the question that the government should resolve, or is that the attitude that the local population should also display? Because here. It is more for me the loyalty uh, 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 toward the country than the question of citizenship that will uh, continue to, to dominate. Many people argue that in the eastern Congo, maybe the government should consider uh, some uh, truth and reconciliation exercise, some kind of transitional justice, uh, or maybe some some conversation on uh, some of the key issues that continue to full instability in that area to see how they can charge a kind of cost for, 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 for sustainable peace. So you have a variety of, of, of issues at hand, but I think at the root of all those elements is the absence of the state, is the weakness of the state, the weakness of governance such as in, in Kinshasa. And I think the recent of the last election, presidential election, 
and the DSC did not really help to 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 to, to, to really consolidate the democratization process in uh, in Athens. I think that contributes, in my view, uh, to the worsening of uh, of uh, the the situation and they left the DRC with uh, two hot potatoes, one in the Eastern DRC and one in Kinshasa. Thank you very much. That's Dr. David Zimanu, prominent political commentator and senior researcher in the African Security Analysis Program that's at the Institute for Security Studies, talking about issues surrounding the resurgence of hostilities in the East NDRC and, of course, the talks which are to be held in Uganda in Kampala. We also have on the line Mr. Rene Bandi, leader from the M23 delegation, to talks in Uganda. Now, I must mention once again before we wrap it up, that efforts to get DRC Ambassador Benjamin Mkopo on today's panel were unsuccessful. This says he refused to engage with the M23, saying that the rebels have maimed and killed his countrymen. Now, Mr. Bandy, uh, we'd like to just thank you for joining us today on African Dialogue and also to you, Dr. Zuminu, for being able to contextualize everything for us and just give us insight as to exactly what's taking um, place in the eastern part of the DRC. We will keep a close watch on the developments there and, of course, what comes out of those talks in Uganda, Kampala. Thank you to Mr. Bandi for also citing some of the things that they are looking to uh, talk or negotiate around um, in those talks, but we will be watching this particular um, event very closely. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for joining us. Thank you for having me. That was Mr. Rene Bandi, leader from the M23 delegation to talks in Uganda, as well as Dr. David Zumanu, prominent political commentator and senior researcher in the African Security Analysis Program, this at the Institute for Security Studies, here on African Dialogue as we were discussing the resurgence of hostilities in the eastern DRC. You're still tuned in to Channel Africa, your gateway to Africa, and of course the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikona Miso, and without wasting any more time, it's time for our economics update with Amanda Machaga. Good morning. The situation has returned to normal at the Corn's Merge Gold Mine in South Africa's Limpopo province. The mine's managing director, Freddy Dipinar, says workers have started their night shifts and many more returned to work this morning. Operations were halted for two weeks after 127 miners staged a sit-in underground, demanding shares that they say the mine has promised them. The shares are believed to be worth more than $25 million. Dipinar says a mediation process is underway between the National Union of Mine Workers and Management. The majority of the workers uh, returned to work with night shift yesterday. An improved number reported for work this morning. The company was granted labor court interdict to dismiss the striking workers. Now that the workers have returned to work, we have appointed a mediator to mediate on issues of differences between management and uh, the employees. But uh, the workers who have returned to work would probably not be dismissed at this stage. 
Meanwhile, three rescue teams are continuing their search for two mine contractors at the Anglo-Platinum Mine in Rustenburg in the northwest province. This after a rockfall underground on Saturday morning. Itumeleng Khajana reports. The rescue team involving health and safety inspectorates from the Department of Mineral Resources and several employees workers have been on the frantic rescue mission for the last four days. According to AMCO's representative, progress to rescue the duo has not been fruitful thus far. Since the beginning of the year, 29 mining fatalities have been reported at the mines across the country. Production at the shaft has been stopped since Sunday. Still on South African mining news, Akumba Iron Ore in the Northern Cape province has reported little growth in first-half profits hit by a sharp drop in iron ore prices and a slow return to pre-strike production at its flagship mine after labor unrest last year. The company, which contributes close to 40% of parent Anglo-Americans' profit, says headline earnings totaled $245 per share in the six months and in June from $245 a year earlier. Headline EPS, the main measure of profit, excludes certain one-time items. Some African leaders say the middle class is central to Africa's development. These leaders, including South African President Jacob Zuma and his counterparts from Senegal, Congo Republic, Ghana, Burkina Faso and Togo, are attending the Forbes Africa Forum in Congo, Brazzaville today. The forum also includes a number of panel discussions related to Africa's economic development, investment and infrastructure opportunities, as well as employment and growth opportunities. South Africa's ambassador to Congo, Brazzaville, Dr. Manelli Sigenge, says working with the middle class, the country could achieve its objectives as outlined in the National Development Plan. As for South Africa, this summit is also very important. As you know that our foreign policy is informed by our domestic priorities. Part of those domestic priorities are the job creation to grow our economy. And that is very, very important as we expand our trade footprint, our economic diplomacy, and also is very important for the African agenda to develop the African continent. And six years ago, Malawi was reaping praise for its policies that helped combat hunger by subsidizing maize production. But a UN human rights expert says lack of investment in other areas, notably in soil health and in developing irrigation techniques, means the country is still plagued by food insecurity. Olivia de Schutter, the UN Special Rapporteur on the Right to Food, has just concluded an 11-day mission to the landlocked nation, where more than 50% of the population lives in poverty. The government could do more than it is doing, in particular by raising revenues that for the moment it is losing. It has been estimated that almost 10% of the GDP of the country is lost in tax evasion, illicit financial flows resulting in cash outflows from the country's economy that costs the Treasury enormous sums of money. And secondly, the country has developed a policy of providing very important incentives to foreign investors so that they invest in the country Taking a look at the financial indicators, the U.S. dollar is trading at 9.80 South African rand, at 0.65 to the British pound and at 0.75 to the euro. In standard currencies, one U.S. dollar is worth 8.38 Botswana pulas and 5.44 Zambian quatches. Gold is trading at $1,331 and platinum at $1,432 per ounce. Finally, Brent crude oil is trading at $109.85 a barrel. And that's all for now. 
Time now for the latest in our sports with Figile Lingwati. Now, sports update is our betting off with cricket news. The second one-day international between South Africa and Sri Lanka has just got underway in Colombo. The start of the match was delayed by almost an hour due to unplayable field. Heavy rain fell in the Sri Lankan capital this morning, leaving the field waterlogged. The hosts won the toss and elected to bet first. Sri Lanka goes into the match on the back of the confidence-boosting impressive win over the South Africans in the first ODI played on Friday. Sri Lanka captain Kumar Sangakara says he has opted for the same team in the hope of reproducing the same performance. Last game we played some really good cricket, so uh, we are playing the same million in this game. So we're looking forward to do that uh, same in the middle. A.B. Devilas, the Proteas captain, says they are aiming to produce an improved performance and to do away with a litany of mistakes made in the first match. He says they are better prepared for this match than they were in the opening tie. We've had more, more mental preparation than anything else, really. Uh, I think a uh, very disappointing performance, obviously, in the last game. We'd like to turn things around and do the basics better this time around. Um, I truly believe we've got the best 11 out here on the field, and um, it's up to us to prove that now. Tivila says his team is injury-free after leading batsman Hashim Amla recovered from a minor injury. Hashim is back for Colin. Um, obviously, Ash is a world-class player. It's nice to have him back. A bit of stability in the top order there. Um, but once again, uh, I, I want to reiterate the fact that we've got to do the basics well before we can win games. So we'll be focusing on that today. In netball news, as part of a special training program aimed at ensuring that the South African under-21 netball team wins the youth championships in Glasgow, Scotland next month, they will take part in the boys' national championship in Rustenburg in the northwest province from the 1st to the 3rd of August. Baby Proteas head coach Dorette Bedenhorst sheds more light on this unconventional training method. We finished now with our training camps. We're um, going to participate in the um, SA men's tournament just to get another um, version of netball, playing a little bit of games. Um, that will be from the 1st of um, August. And um, after the SA men's tournament, they will be um, have a week break before we participate as an invitation team in the um, Diamond Challenge with our um, SA Pratia team. And then after the um, Diamond Challenge, we will leave for um, Glasgow. On to soccer news, South African Premiership team Mamelodi Sundowns are currently in the final week of the Ghana preseason tour. Sundowns have already played a one-all draw against Hearts of Oak in the opening game of the two-match schedule. They are set to meet the Dwarfs in the second match before returning home on Friday morning. Mamelodi Sundowns spokesperson Gabelo Musito sheds more light on the team's preseason tour. Uh, the team is currently in. Uh, uh, Ghana, where they've been there for the last uh, what for the last week and a half, and we played to a one-all draw against the uh, Heart of Oak, and uh, uh, two days ago we played against Asante Kotoko, where we managed to win the game by two goals to nil, and it's quite exciting for us as Man of the Sundowns because we realised that the coach uh, Peter Musimana's charges are now. Uh, getting together, things are getting together for him, and um, the players as well are beginning to uh, gel in together very well. They, they, 
actually giving the coach that winning combination that he's been looking for. Remember, uh, during this uh, season, uh, rather this uh, pre-season uh, training exercise, what he was doing was to make sure that he gets uh, the winning combinations and all. And from the look of things, he's got that. There's one friendly again that we played that I almost forgot about us up, uh, against the college where we scored five goals. I mean, that goes to show you that uh, Coach Peter really means business. And as a club, I see uh, as moving forward, uh, taking a step in the right direction. And that's your sport news this hour. Thank you, Figile, for that sports update. It brings us to the end of this installment of African Dialogue. We'd like to once again thank our guests for joining us today and shedding some light on today's topic. The dialogue doesn't stop here, though. Be sure to communicate your views with us on Facebook and Twitter, or you can SMS us at plus two seven. 823-325-905. Do remember that African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday. That's at 1100 hours Central African time. From me, Zikonami, so it's goodbye for now. Next up is Africa Midday with Zama Nyuswa Nyuswa.